Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. everyone hello there welcome back to another episode of the pod bet you thought we were gone because <laughs> we were kind of joking at the end of the last one like oh maybe we'll see you for 101 or maybe this is it and then we're like two days behind it's also like was like wednesday it or is something wednesday. it's wednesday it's yeah. wednesday my dudes yeah it is wednesday a couple days late you know life just happens that's pretty on par for us yeah, we've yeah. essentially become a Wednesday show. Yeah, but we just haven't updated anything that actually says Wednesday. So that's fine. Great. Yeah, we're still kicking. 101. <laughs> Here we go. How many left we got in the tank? Who knows? No idea. Uh, today's episode is very timely. Uh, it'll be a good episode, but... You know the drill. You could just fast forward like 45 seconds if you want. <laughs> but I, I cannot fast forward myself. No, you can't. I'm uh, just going to drink. Yeah, a few housekeeping items. We are on all your favorite social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And uh, I've been a little bit slow in reading the Twitter and Instagram stuff because, again, life happens. And executive producer has kept us very busy. Uh, which is a good thing. We've had some good time with the executive producer, but she's very demanding. Very demanding. Very ungrateful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, if social media is not really your thing, but you want to send us a message, you can email us at boostandconfusedpodcast at gmail.com. Send us a good old-fashioned email. Maybe put a little email signature in there regards xoxo <laughs> gossip girl <laughs> informal um let's see what's the next one if you like the pod and you want to support us the best way you can do that is by leaving us a review and or subscribing and following wherever you get your podcasts uh, i think like just about every platform now allows you to do that so so do it if you want no pressure we don't really care we just gotta keep putting our our pod in new places Oh, yeah, what did uh, what did the psychics from last week say? We need to put everything on TikTok. So we gotta put those on TikTok. <laughs> um, yeah, and if you do uh, leave us a review or follow or whatever, uh, and you take a screenshot and you send it to us, we'll send you some boost and confused stickers in the mail for free. For free. Oh, free. For free. Free for you, not not free for us. Yeah. Cheaper cheaper uh for us if you don't live too far away. Yeah. <laughs> we cover all shipping and handling, international postage. It's free asterisk. Yeah. Forty nine dollars shipping and handling. <laughs> and four payments of nineteen ninety five. For your own Trumpy Bear. Uh we're not Thanks, we're Trumpy not, Bear. We're not doing Trumpy I Bear. I bought again. Trumpy Bear and my golf game got way better <laughs> just trumpy bear just sit in the golf cart <laughs> i knocked off five strokes of my golf game trumpy bear is actually just the caddy 
I drive a motorcycle, <laughs> and I take Trump a bear wherever I go. Oh, my God. How did we get here? What are you drinking? Uh, we are drinking a Deschutes because that's all we have in the, well, pretty much all we have in the fridge. Um, it's the Haze Tron uh, Imperial Hazy IPA. Um, as you can tell by your uh, glass, it is quite hazy. It is very hazy. I like it. Um, of the batch, um, I'd say this is my second favorite next to the orange can, which yeah. is like the mango. mango the IPA mango. Or I like something. the fruity IPAs. I like the yeah. fruity ones. Yeah. Um, I also like Imperial IPAs. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much the higher the ABV, the more I like it. Yeah, naturally. Um, also, shout out to Sound Growler Brewing in Tinley Park, Illinois. It was a great little brewery we went to over the weekend. Really fucking good beer. Cool vibes. <laughs> Watch cool them like, people. guys, guys, we made it. <laughs> it's We're on the pod. Yeah, no, they're they're great. Um, and I feel like we're just a couple of geriatrics because apparently everybody knows about this place and we're the last to find out. But it's a good place. Highly recommend. It's always cool seeing breweries pop up in old like financial districts or like yeah. business yeah parks whatever they call those things yeah. where like oh here's a bunch of building space and you can have like a quarter of it for your business mm-hmm. uh, but it's like apartments if you're a business <laughs> next door is like an accountant and after you talk to your accountant and you realize you're gonna get arrested by the irs uh go have you a can beer. go have a beer go have a beer yeah next door yeah exactly uh i should probably just get into it let's let's get into I it think. Dear listeners, <laughs> welcome to your new pod. I've been watching you. I love what you've done with the place. <laughs> your greed has brought you here. Good luck, LOL. <laughs> I'll see you very soon. Oh, Signed, The Watcher. Uh, of the pod. Uh, yeah, so Netflix did it again. They put out another absolute banger of a show. You've probably heard of it at this point. It's called The Watcher. Uh, we binged almost every episode in one night. Almost, but then we called it because we are unable to sleep. If you have no idea what The Watcher is, I'll give you a very small synopsis. Uh, did I use that word incorrectly? Synopsis? Yeah. No. You just looked at me after I said it. Well, because we're talking to each other. Oh, yeah. Well, that that would help too. Yeah. So. Would you rather I just keep looking off to the side? That's usually what I do. I just look at the people in the corner of the room. Anyway. I had a teacher in college who did that. He, he would just like look above everyone's heads. And it was very unsettling. He never made eye contact. Maybe he's just socially awkward. I mean, he was. Yeah. He's, he's a college professor. Yeah. Naturally. You're either like the coolest person on the planet or like just really smart and just maybe it's a tinge awkward all my college professors that i at least see on linkedin are trying to be like fucking linkedin influencers so that's what they're doing with oh that's so lame it's super lame my favorite my third favorite college professor um would teach like this theology class which he was my favorite he would like sing opera in the middle of class and then he would go to the weight room um, in the same like shirt and tie that he taught in and then just like bench press like 325, 335, whatever three plates is, chaotic, 315. Chaotic good. So cool. Such a cool guy. That's really bizarre. He was I wonder favorite. what he's up to these days. Oh, 
I'll give him a look after after this episode. I bet there's no dress shirt that can contain his arms <laughs> at this point and his in his chest, his 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 glorious hairy chest. Yeah, the uh gains are too strong. Who knows? Uh anyway, so back to the fucking episode. So a married couple moving into their dream home are threatened by terrifying letters from a stalker signed the Watcher. The Watcher. The Watcher. Uh, before we go any further into this episode, there will very obviously be spoilers because we're talking about the true story behind the show, which coincides pretty well with the episodes that you kind of see. It's like seven episodes or something. So it is you, seven episodes. Yeah. So on, if, on the dot. Yeah. 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 So if you haven't watched it yet, but you plan to and you don't want spoilers spoilers or you know any hint of anything else we'll just see you next time we'll see you after you go watch all the episodes and catch up it's only seven episodes so shouldn't take you very long just do it in one night (laughs) you you could do it in one night um if you're respectable and you sleep (laughs) um you gotta start like five o'clock then Five, yeah, six, exactly. seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, like twelve leave, to like one o'clock. Yeah, leave some time in between for bathroom breaks, eating. Four o'clock. Every, Start at four o'clock. Yeah, every episode is like more tense than the last. It's kind of wild. I did find myself like very much on edge, despite it yeah. being a very tame show. Yeah, it's just really unsettling. It like mm. it gets you in your bones. It's not scary like jump scares. It's not creepy like a, like a slasher movie. It's not supernatural. Yeah, it's it's just, it's just unsettling. Yep, they yeah. did a good job with the tone yeah. of that show. I agree. Uh, so we're gonna set the stage here a little bit. So the Watcher is based on a true story. Um, in uh, shit, I can't even remember what their names are in the show now. Oh, I'm I'm horrible with, with Dean names. and something else. Brad Braddock. It's Naomi. Yeah, I don't know. Something. I don't remember. So anyway, so the real story uh, is Derek and Maria Broadus. Derek. 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 Three days after they close on their uh, home in Westfield, New Jersey. So that's also very true from the show. Um, they close on their home in June of 2014. Three days later, they received their first letter from a person known as the Watcher. The Watcher. The Watcher. Uh, so Derek and Maria have kids. They buy 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey. So again, true to the show. Um, they buy this home for $1.3 million. So that's a pretty substantial home price. Um, and their previous home was like $300,000. So that's a really big jump. It's quite the jump. I don't know how one affords that. Yeah, I well, here, I, I'm starting to think I don't know how Derek and Maria did, too. Um, definitely an upgrade for them. It's like a beautiful six-bedroom colonial home built in 1905. Family had planned on doing renovations like the entire time that they were under contract for the house. Um, and so they wanted to do the renovations, I think, before they had fully moved in. Uh, so maybe that part is a little bit different from the show where like the family moves in, uh, they do renovations as they're living in the house. And then obviously they like go live at the motel cause all shit starts happening. So, um, the broadest family never actually lived in the house full time in real life. And that first letter again, just comes days after they close on the house and it reads, <laughs> I don't have a very good watcher voice, so we'll, we'll see how this goes. 
dearest new neighbor. No, no, (laughs) no, I, you know, I'm not even going to try. I'll just, I'll just fucking read it. Uh, dearest new neighbor at six, five, seven Boulevard. Allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did six, five, seven Boulevard call to you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched the house in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. Do you need to fill the house with young blood? I requested. Better for me. Was your old house too small for the family growing? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard every day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. The Watcher. That seems like pretty spot on from the show. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the show actually took a lot of the dialogue of the letters from the IRL story, which is yeah. kind of neat. Yeah, good for them. But also very creepy that they didn't have to adapt it to like be any creepier for the show. Like, that's pretty unsettling. What How would you do if we were to get that letter like days after closing on this house and we just spent a shitload of money? I don't even know what I would do. I would... I would be like hey thanks for your letter to every neighbor until <laughs> Don't wanna... figure it out and i'd go i'd punch them for being nice to me yeah that's what we do in this era of existence yeah you just punch people how dare you write me a letter yeah yeah asshole i would just look at the nest doorbell we didn't see, have them then see who did it we didn't have them then uh, so the day after they get this letter, Derek and Maria find out that the previous owners of the home, who are John and Andrea Woods, also received a letter from someone calling themselves the Watcher. But they had lived there for like 20-something years, and in the 20-something years that they had lived there, they'd never received a letter from the Watcher until the days leading up to them moving out. So the Woodses get a letter... Uh, the writer of the letter claimed that they'd been keeping a close eye on the house and they pretty much just assumed it was a prank because they were like, what the fuck is this? Uh, and then they threw out the letter without really thinking about it twice. So the police, uh, take this letter pretty seriously after the Broaddus family gets their first letter. Uh, and then they tell the Broaddus family not to tell anybody else about the note, especially their new neighbors who are now suspects. Obviously. Oh, yeah. So two short weeks, the first letter goes, goes, comes and goes. Another one comes two weeks after the first. And, uh, thank you. <laughs> we increased our sound effects budget. <laughs> um, the workers have been busy and I've been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time, they will. Um, what's creepy is in the second letter, the watcher referred to the Broadduses by name. Whereas I think in the first letter, they didn't have any personal touch other than like saying that they had kids. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just like an observation. Like I saw your kids. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then in the second letter, they misspell the Broadus family name. Um, and Derek and Maria are obviously like, how the fuck does this person know who we are, know about our family? And they also know the names and the birth order of their kids, which is really unsettling. Mm-hmm. Like, how does somebody know that? Uh, so we had kind of already gone over. The family hadn't moved in at this point yet. They, you know, get this letter. They're really anxious. They don't want to move in, especially after renovations. Um, so then they, uh, you know, get this letter from the watcher. The writer questioned whether they would let their kids, who the watcher referred to as young blood, play in the basement. Um, quote, 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to be down there alone? Or are they too afraid to... Uh, oh, no, I wrote that twice. Uh, I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Uh, and then in the same note, the watcher just says, like, I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my life, my job, my obsession. And now you are too, Braddis family. Oh, yeah. And then they also add this nice little note about the house is crying from all the pain it is going through while the family continued their renovations. What about the dumb waiter? <laughs> yeah, the dumb waiter. I want to know if that was actually in the in the real house. I think so. You could look up six five seven Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey, and there are Zillow listings and everything. But I don't think there's pictures of what the house looked like at this point. Or maybe I'm sure some internet sleuth has found it, mm-hmm. and maybe I'll just have to look for it after this. But I, I would also now that I know that. I mean, I it says like based on real events, but to actually know that it's the same address. Yeah, they didn't change they anything. They didn't change it. No, they didn't change anything. And I think I was reading that the uh, owners of the actual house in New Jersey are like pissed because people keep fucking showing up to their house. It's it's like the Breaking Bad house with, yes, the, pizza, with, the, pizza. with the pizza. Yeah, those poor people had they to put a big throwing, ass fence up. <laughs> they keep throwing pizza on the, on the roof. I would just move, honestly. Um, the watcher also adds, you have changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. Uh, and then they alluded for like living there in the 1960s. Um, they also have in the letter, it cries for the past and what used to be uh, in the time when I roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room imagining the life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old and so did my father, but he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. Love that. (laughs) Just really unsettling. So uh, the second letter, you know, comes Derek and Maria. That's what we just read. Derek and Maria are like, fuck this. Uh, And they stop bringing their kids to the house at all entirely. Mm -hmm. And then weeks later, they get another letter. um, And it's it says, where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. So, yeah. What would you do if you had received three letters like that within like a six month time frame of closing on your dream house? I 
thought about this because I think what made this story so unsettling to me was, you know, having a family, having people to, you know, protect. Um, if I received all these letters that were very like in line with what I've been doing, I would probably uh, stand outside with like a firearm. <laughs> And just stare at every single car that passed by. I think the postman would stop coming to your house. That's fine. I don't want the letter. I don't want the letter. You don't want anything. And I, that's how the IRS shows up. I want none of it. Yeah, that's fine. They can just send me an email and say, send us Amazon gift cards. <laughs> to pay off your debt. Yeah. I mean, some guy rang our doorbell today that I wasn't expecting and that was enough to put me on high alert. And he like did the thing where, you know, we have like the video doorbell, right? And like any millennial homeowner does. Uh, so he like rings the doorbell and then naturally like a normal millennial, I don't get up and go open the door. I just watch this guy <laughs> through my fucking camera because I'm not going to answer the door first range guy when I'm home alone. I have no idea. I mean, he looked like a sales guy, but also I don't want to talk to you in the middle of the day or ever really to be honest and we have a no soliciting sign so fuck that guy i i do not like that sign but i know it serves a purpose it does serve a purpose but then okay so the guy rings the doorbell and then he's like standing on our porch like looking out at the street uh and then he looks back at the doorbell and he's like looking in the camera part of it as if he's going to see me staring back or maybe he was i don't know i have no idea they could see you looking no, they can't. Yeah. No, they can't. Yeah, absolutely. No. It's yes. not a two-way camera. It's two ways. It's not two ways. But like anything millennial, uh, a phone call, punctuation at the end of your texts, <laughs> um, you don't click into the text because then it'll say that you read it. Yeah. You let the phone ring. Yeah. They um, leave a voicemail. You listen to it. Yeah. You don't call them back. Yeah. And just say you forgot. Yep. Yeah, that's my playbook. Great. Thanks so much for coming into my TED Talk. <laughs> um, so Derek and Maria are like going through hell right now. They bought this really expensive fucking house. They can't even move into it uh, after they also just spent all this money on renovations. So six months after they buy the house, they decide they had enough. They put it back on the market for $1.4 which is like right around what they bought it for. But they felt the need to disclose the letters to anyone who is interested in the property. And Derek said, quote, I don't know how you could live through what we did and think you could do it to somebody else. And naturally, they could not find a buyer. So that was the end of 2014 that they had like relisted it for sale. Um, 2016 comes around again. They don't live in the house. Um, the family's trying to sell the house again, but they drop the price to $1.25 million. And again, they disclose the letters. And again, they can't find anyone to buy the house. So they have a real estate lawyer who suggested that they sell the house to a developer who would tear the house down, um, you know, and then divide the lot into two homes. Uh, but that required the Westfield Planning Board's blessing because the lot splitting would go against local code. Um, so naturally, they were like, fuck you guys. And they denied the Braddis's request. Unreal. The planners. Unreal. It's like an HOA. Yeah, exactly. I can't imagine living in that kind of neighborhood, but that's 
that's fine. I see a lot of Facebook posts of like, how long are you allowed to leave your garbage cans out after garbage day? It's an eyesore. Just like, asking. Jesus Christ. Someone on my block just keeps leaving their bins out. The amount- it's been 13 <laughs> hours, Sharon. The amount of people who like, this is what's wrong with our society. There's no sense of community anymore. So instead of just like going to talk to your neighbor, people are like, hypothetical. Wait, you mean like ringing the doorbell yeah. and then the person not answering the door? Yeah. Well, that guy definitely looked like a sales guy. And also I know all of our neighbors uh-huh. and he was uh-huh. not a neighbor. He looked like a salesman. There's no hypocrisy here whatsoever. You know, all right. Okay. I. That's fine. That's fine. Um, so the Broadus's request is rejected. There's like a four hour board meeting. Um, and you know, there's like big arguments that happen, but then the ultimate concern from a lot of the people who went, um, said that tearing down 657 Boulevard would lower the cost of their homes and would ruin the aesthetic of the neighborhood. And that's why you have to have a white picket fence. That is why. So again, no buyers on the house. Uh, They're not living there. They rent the house out. But shortly after the new family moved in, the watcher sends another letter. And it's still addressed to the Broadus family, which is interesting because they don't live there. Even though it's these. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So it's dated February 13th, which was the same day that the Broadduses gave a deposition in like a legal complaint that they had filed in June of 2015 against the previous owners. Um, So they had this filed against the Woodses because they claimed that the Woodses should have warned them about the watcher uh, because remember they had gotten a letter just days before moving out. Yeah. What? Oh, I was say like, Looking at the show, the renting part didn't happen in the show. No, no. But the being upset about the disclosure not happening mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. was part of that show. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then a judge obviously like dismissed this complaint against the Woodses. So uh, the new letter that came in said, To the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. This <laughs> is... This That's is like the worst Christmas card I've ever gotten. This is like a middle-aged guy. This is this is not someone young. It's an incel. Um, you wonder who the watcher is. Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me, one of the so-called neighbors who had no idea who the watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. Oh, that's a bold... Bold aggressive letter. Yeah, so that new letter is definitely more aggressive than like the last three with the writer complaining about like media attention that the Broadduses had brought to quote their neighborhood. Um, but said that he was happy or she, sorry, we don't know who the watcher is. Um but the watcher did say they were celebrating because the neighbors had saved the soul of six five seven boulevard with their orders. Uh, you know, again, preventing the house from being right. torn down. Um, and then the watcher threatens revenge on Derek and Maria, saying, quote, maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day. Um, and what's surprising is that the renters who are in the house at this time that this letter comes, they don't leave. <laughs> They just stay. 
I wonder if they ask for like a deduction on their rent. Do you think that's in like yeah. the clause? <laughs> that's a creepy letter clause. <laughs> yeah. They did ask the Broadduses though to install like additional security cameras. Um, so a fourth and final letter comes. Um, the watcher declares you are despised by the house and the watcher won, which is unsettling. So from the very beginning of this entire saga, from June 2014, uh, police suspected that someone in the Westfield neighborhood uh, was behind the letter. So initially they thought it was like Michael Langford, who is the next door neighbor, um, whose family had lived there since the 60s. And uh, Michael Langford was kind of described by another neighbor as like a kind of a Boo Radley character, if mm, you will. Yep. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't really any evidence against Langford. He was never arrested. Um, but a later investigation revealed that the DNA on the envelope was a female. So that part from the show is accurate. Um, and they investigated Michael's sister, Abby, who's a real estate agent, um, and the home's previous owner, Andrea Woods, and neither matched. That's so a bummer. Yeah. Uh, they even tested Maria's DNA just to like make sure she wasn't sending herself these letters. <laughs> um, but she was cleared, obviously. Uh, another possible suspect was a man who was really into dark video games. Uh, it's always the video games. Um, he often played a character named The Watcher, according to his girlfriend. Was the girlfriend the daughter? Um <laughs> Oh god, yeah. If you've watched the show, that part was brutal. Um, but he was also dismissed after he failed to show up for multiple meetings with authorities, which dismissed, doesn't sound <laughs> dismissed because, oh, he's not going to show up. He's probably innocent. <laughs> Only a guilty person would show up. That doesn't sound like that's how that should work. So I'm not really sure what happened there. I feel like that's maybe a case of like small town police force, you know? Ah, he's all right. Yeah. No, he's fine. Uh, he just bags your groceries. Uh, so some people, the New York Magazine did like a whole um, storyline or like segment on The Watcher, which I think is where this show like script maybe picks up or is inspired by. Um, so some people in the neighborhood tell New York Magazine that it's possible that the Broadduses were behind the letters themselves, suggesting that the family realized they couldn't afford the house and then just like wrote creepy notes to themselves they had to in out. order to they get out of the out. sale. Yeah. yeah. Um, and some even suggested that the couple were scammers looking for a movie deal. Huh? No like, way. uh, what an investment. Yeah. That is, that is not a great investment. I feel like that's very risky. Uh, I'd actually rather buy NFTs or put all my money into Bitcoin than try to buy a shit house and get a movie deal metaverse property what was that amityville horror that that happened with uh, i don't i don't know yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty sure because that's based on a true story allegedly supposedly um what is interesting though is the broadduses turned down several offers um and also sent a cease and desist letter to uh lifetime after the lifetime network released a 2016 movie called the watcher inspired by their experience oh that would have oh so it exists it does a lifetime exist. movie yeah the watcher yeah i'm oh, gonna look out i for would it. love to see a lifetime movie yeah about this because i feel this. like they just do that genre so well too 
Oh yeah, yeah. And it's always the husband that. <laughs> and like the dad is Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. Yeah. 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 Maybe not in this version, or unless it's like a Christmas in July one. I don't really know. Um, Derek did admit to sending anonymous letters to his neighbors who bashed him on Facebook like three years after the watcher had contacted him. Um, so he, uh, you know, hoped that signing the notes, uh, as like friends of the broadest family would help him clear his family's name, which (laughs) very clearly did not. Uh, And it was like pretty (laughs) obvious it was Derek. Um, so it only just made him feel more defeated by the whole situation, obviously. Um, and he said that, you know, back in like 2018, like we still think about it every day. Um, so Westfield police supposedly did a, uh, extensive investigation, (laughs) super extensive. Um, but they never caught the watcher. So that's kind of wild. Uh, in the summer of 2019, the Broadus family is finally able to offload their home for 959,000. What so a they, huge loss. Yes. They lose about 400,000 on the house that they never lived in to begin with. Um and in October, um you know, it was reported that when the new m- neighbors moved in, the Broadduses gave them a note via the real estate attorney saying, we wish you nothing but the peace and quiet that we once dreamed of in this house. And they also included a photo of the watcher's handwriting just in case new letters came by. So, uh, uh, that's a nice move on their part, mm-hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. But to date, none have. The watcher has cease and desist. <laughs> Ceased and desisted. <laughs> so the Broadduses moved to a smaller home in Westfield, um, but they said that they are just like absolutely traumatized by their experience with the Watcher and they're trying to move on with their lives. And what's interesting is that they said the Netflix series that we are talking about mm-hmm. that inspired this episode, um, they don't plan on watching it. It did not make them rich and it didn't even fully cover the losses incurred from the sale of the house. But hey, it helps a little bit, right? Every little bit helps. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of feel like, um, oh, I don't know. I was thinking about this a little bit with uh, like all the Jeffrey Dahmer content that's coming out right now. And people just like blowing up. Yeah. Like people like kind of, I don't know if I'd say glorifying Dahmer, but like definitely into like that murder porn kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And some of the. (laughs) No, I'm not one of them. You you know, I. We watched that first episode. I was like, you know what? I'm out. You can you can watch this one on your own. I, I can't do it. Yeah. I uh, am having a hard time finishing it. But um, one of the victims' families was like, how many fucking movies and TV shows do you guys need to have put out about this? Because like, we're kind of tired of it. it. It does, in a sense, kind of glamorize and glorify it, even though... I don't think that's the intention. It is definitely a magnet for attention. Yeah, I would say the Netflix series does a good job at not glorifying it and kind of painting it from the perception of like who Dahmer actually was, who was like a complete loser, alone in life, no connections. Like, yeah, interesting. Um, Anyway, so the identity of the Watcher just remains a mystery to this day. Um, You know, there's maybe like some intriguing wrinkles in the case uh since the story first came out in 2018 published by new york magazine um so after that article came out 
the Union County Prosecutor's Office asked those who lived near the house to voluntarily submit DNA samples. None of the neighbors were a match, um, but there was one neighbor named Malcolm Mannix who took issue with the search, and uh, there was no one by the name of Malcolm Mannix who lives in Westfield. Uh, Mannix was a 1960s TV show in which a police officer named Art Malcolm helps private investigator Joe Mannix solve crimes. And in the original note to the Broadduses, the writer mentioned that their father had watched 657 Boulevard in the 60s. Uh, very interesting. No, no warrant, uh, ever issued for like an arrest or really any kind of investigation from that. It's not that person. Yeah, totally not that person. Uh, 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 so who is the watcher? I am the watcher. (laughs) It's me. I am the watcher. Who do you, who do you actually think the watcher is? From the show? Well, from general, from either of them. Yeah. Um, wouldn't it just be crazy if it was just they, like they themselves? What the broadest family, yeah, the family doing themselves. it to themselves? Um, I think it was the neighbor with the pigtails. Well, in the show, or the real estate agent. Yeah. From Legally Blonde. Yeah, <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge is that uh, her she's, name? She's, she's great. great. She, I love her. Everything she touches turns it's just to gold. So good. Um. So I do have some theories, a couple of theories oh, we can talk about. Uh, one of them is from a Redditor. Uh, there's a lot of content uh, on Reddit about this from like a couple of years ago. So precedes the Netflix show, but definitely work, worth looking into. I've got links in the show notes, obviously. But the first theory is that it's a wealthy suburbanite that had personal issues with the previous owner of the house. Um, so this Redditor, who unfortunately has deleted their account, but the post still stands, um, had this amazing theory that the, you know, like the whole thing was to get back to the previous owners. So, Mm uh, the first letter showed up just before the previous owners start to move out. They hired someone to investigate the Broadduses when the first, uh, when they first started moving in, which explains how they would at least know like the birth order and the nicknames of the kids. Um, and they did this, according to this theory, um, so that the old family would be forced to take back property or end up being sued by the Broadduses. Um, and in this theory, what's really interesting is this poster kind of recalls a similar story from their own hometown. Um, it's pretty wild, but the, like, uh, I don't know, the, the people who did it in that hometown story were just a couple of rich Karens who went to like great lengths to be assholes. So the efforts appreciated for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's interesting. Another theory, like you were alluding, is that it could just be the Broadus family themselves. Uh, so maybe they did realize that, you know, they can't really afford the mortgage on this huge house. Uh, maybe they realized it too late and they want it out. So uh, they had 12 mortgages in 10 years. Oh, you know, part of the anxiety that that show gave me was the just like tracking the expenses. Yeah. Yeah. That was part of the anxiety. For yeah. Me. There was a lot of like very subtle and sometimes not so subtle like money plays into things, which I think is kind of done intentionally as like a like just to kind of really offset whatever it is that you're thinking. Um, it was a great show. So one year to the date of the sale 
is when the Broadduses filed a lawsuit against the previous owners, the Woodses, Woods, yeah. for not disclosing the watcher. And in their lawsuit, they wanted their money back for the purchase of the house and to maintain ownership of the house, which kind of feels like you're double dipping a little bit. <laughs> That's a big pull. It's a big claim. It's a big demand. It is a really big demand. Um, but... It's reported that the Broadus family spent like $100,000 investigating the source of the letter. And they allegedly had like very visible signs of trauma from everything happening. And also, when the second letter came and they went to the police, they wanted to keep it a secret. They like weren't out looking for attention. Mm-hmm. Like they, you know, just wanted to have it solved. So that's kind of interesting. Um then there's obviously a lot of different theories around it being different neighbors. I think like the Michael Langford one is interesting. The one of the the Mannix guy I think is really interesting. Um, I don't think the show one to one matches up <laughs> the neighbors with like IRL. Oh yeah. I think in the show they probably make them much more nefarious. They were extraordinarily casted. Yeah, yeah, they were they were great. Um, I also don't know if there were any like prohibition tunnels under the house that lead to other people's houses. I was house. gonna ask about the tunnels because yeah. the tunnels was a terrifying piece. Yeah, that was that was uncomfy. Um, so yeah, any any final thoughts on who you think the watcher is? It was pigtails. I mean, not in the show though. Maybe IRL. I think pigtails is real. I don't. I, I don't know if she's real. I mean, she's probably on that that planning committee. Look, I just I anything. just think it's somebody from the committee who just really wanted to keep the again like the visual of of that house in the neighborhood, and if they were so concerned about the uh, mods being done to the house, the updates, <laughs> I think that would be someone who's very well read and literate Mm -hmm. to be like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to terrorize you with words and Mm -hmm. nothing else. Like that's a very like, I'm a smart person kind of thing would, would do. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I kind of go between it being the broadest family themselves and a group of people. Right. Like a conglomerate, like like a group of people. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm almost thinking like, Maybe they got wind of who was moving into the house before they did. And that's why they started the letter with the previous owners. Uh, almost as like hoping maybe that's like the first deterrent for the Broadus family to buy the house and move in. Um, which honestly, maybe it could have been like if the Woods family had disclosed like, hey, we received this letter four days before the house closed or something like that you know i wonder if that would be grounds for the broadest family to to back out i don't know if only you had done that before dropping all that money into the house yeah you would think yeah well that's kind of it i would love to know who everybody thinks the watcher is maybe i'll put a little poll up on instagram and see what everyone thinks yeah give it a watch it's 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 a good watch people um, we're complaining about the ending of the show, that is. And well, I, I actually like the ending of the show. I do too. And I, I think people it. were complaining because people want that that closure. And I think at the very end of it, you start to like get a little taste of closure from uh, the like private investigator. And then it turns out she's lying. <laughs> I, I had that suspicion the entire time. It, yeah, it was you did. too good. Too of, good to be it was true. Too, it was too easy of a finish. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I would love to hear what everybody else thinks. I will put a little poll up on the Instagrams. But uh, that's all I got. Yeah. Um, if you didn't watch it and we warned you about spoilers and you got this far, sorry. It's still worth the watch, though. <laughs> After we literally just spoiled the ending. Uh, yeah. Go go give it a, go give it a, a look. A little listen. Hopefully you already did. Yeah, hope hopefully you already did. You took us seriously. But that's it for today. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, go be nice to your neighbors. Go be neighborly. Oh, speaking of spoilers, I can't believe the tall guy was actually Gandalf the Grey. <laughs> Rings of Power. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. But we haven't gotten that far, by the no, way. No, we just, haven't. Just making it a little funny. Yeah. Ha ha. Ha ha. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>